This is Brand USA Talks Travel, elevating the conversation about international travel to the United States. Here's your host, Mark Lapidus. How many times have you moved in your career? That's a great question, and I have to thank my wife in advance and my children for their patience because I think we've now moved into our 21st home. Wow. And I think that equates to 17 actual moves during our 40-plus years of marriage and my time in the airline, hotel, and convention bureau industry. And the amazing part is that you stayed married. We have. We have. I have a very patient, patient wife and very patient daughter. My guest today is Don Welsh. Don's 35-year background in travel includes leadership positions in Indianapolis, Seattle, and Chicago. Since 2016, Don's been serving as President and CEO of Destinations International. Welcome to Brand USA Talks Travel, Don. Thanks, Mark. Great to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Especially for people that work on the side of the travel industry, it's not uncommon for people to get Destinations International, Brand USA, and U.S. travel confused. Could you briefly explain DI's core mission and objectives? There is some uh, confusion every now and then, but uh, when we went through a rebranding exercise in uh, 2017 that formally was rolled out uh, at the end of that year, it really tried to differentiate itself from the others. The big difference is we are a international trade association based in uh, Washington, D.C. The organization's been around for uh, over 100 years in various shapes or forms, and um, the biggest difference is we're really the practitioners. We represent now over 625 convention nation organizations in uh, 14 countries. And really, our job is very singular focused, and that is to make sure that our members have the tools and resources and leadership that they need for their destinations to be successful. And that's about it. You've earned quite a reputation, Don, as a team builder. What advice can you offer managers now that hiring is back in full swing? Well, I think right now, particularly uh, with our team at our highest staffing levels, which were pre-pandemic, we have 30 team members. And um, unfortunately, because of the way we're funded, we actually reduced the team down to 15 people. They did incredible work. And uh, each one of the people that were in those roles, really starting in March of 2020, through where we are now as we rebuild, um, and just did an exceptional job carrying a greater degree of responsibility. Everybody performed at incredibly high levels. And now as we sort of rebuild back, we have a chance to really look at where the organization needs to be in the next two to three years. We're bringing on staff that has that type of experience and I guess a little bit of global knowledge as well, since uh, we continue to expand uh, significantly uh, outside of the U.S. As a leader of an organization, Don, how do you manage people yourself? I've been really, really fortunate, whether on the hotel side, the airline side, Seattle, Indianapolis, and Chicago, where I um, had the privilege of being a CEO and now at Destinations International. For whatever reason, Mark, I had managers at all of those different employers believe in my abilities. They knew how to motivate me, and uh, a lot of it was to provide the framework to be successful and then more or less let my better judgment working within a team be successful. So I had a lot of autonomy. And now at Destinations International, you know, we are managed by a volunteer board, but our boards, both at the association and the foundation, are very, very engaged with our strategic planning process. And the greatest thing is we work with people on the membership side and partnership side that we've known for years. They're equally committed to the success of the industry. Tell me a bit about how Destinations International is addressing DEI. 
To be honest with you, I'm proud of the work the organization started well over four years ago under the leadership of Melissa Cherry, our chief operating officer at the time. It was really uh, beginning to look at our industry and determine uh, at that time, what was the composition? What was the makeup of destination organizations? And it really started in a board meeting at DI. And we all looked around the room and realized that we were not too inclusive. We were not too diverse. That started this journey that I'm proud that has now led to the hiring of Sophia Hawk, who is our chief diversity officer. We have a very engaged group of about 80 people that serve on the EDI committee. We now have over 400 CEOs who've signed a pledge of equity, diversity, and inclusion for their communities. And we've got the allyship letter now that talks about the importance of that as well. But I'm really, really proud that our chair-elect, Al Hutchinson, was very instrumental with Melissa over four years ago. And I know that during his chair at the association, this is going to be very important. Again, we believe, you know, it's all great intentions, but unless you have measurement to look at your production against these goals of being more inclusive, more diverse. It really is a goal. So I'm pleased that we rolled out an assessment tool, very inexpensive for destinations to have. And it really allows them to build in the uh, parameters of what does their workforce look like now? What does their community look like now? More importantly, where do they want it to be? And we're now moving into board training, which is going to be incredibly important because the way you change cultures and communities, in many cases, has to start with the local board leadership. That's something that will be uh, added on this year. We're really excited about it. Before the podcast started, you mentioned to me how often you're personally traveling. So it's obvious that you're a big proponent of improving the quality of life through travel. What can we do as an industry to better amplify this proposition? You know, we thought we were going to be uh, consumed with just the challenge of the pandemic. And now if you look at the different issues that destinations face, I continue to believe and we continue to believe as an organization that the best way to solve these complex issues and problems that we're facing around the world that are not just U.S. centric is to meet face to face and have discussions. We've been a strong proponent of not boycotting and canceling meetings, but instead getting together and activating local organizations in the community to help uh, raise awareness on certain issues. So we've been uh, really focused on this not acceptance of the weaponization of travel. And I do think the best way to do it and solve problems that are complex and long-term is to be face-to-face. Along those lines, you are known as the strong proponent of MICE. How does DI help destinations in capturing opportunities? I think it was always a belief of the organization. And I think if you look at the origin of Destinations International or DMAI or whatever name we had at the time, it was really to be the central repository of data, of meetings. And we've sort of taken on additional responsibilities. But, you know, we've had the Mint product for years. And then we've formed a partnership with SimpleView, who was able to put a lot more resources against it to make it really an active, lively, relational database that's really important. We know right now that uh, the meetings and events segment is critical critically important to most destinations. You know, the bigger they seem to be, the more complex. It's a meeting industry that somehow I have great familiarity with from my days in the hotel business, but also having led Seattle, Indianapolis, and certainly Chicago, we sort of understand that all the other segments of business, whether it's the leisure traveler, the business traveler, they're all speculative and they're based on the economy or they're based on uh, one's individual situation. But the one predictable market segment is the meetings and events industry. 
where you've got dates, you've got anticipated attendance, and cities can build on that, as well as hotels and hotel companies. So we've spent a lot of time and effort with our large market roundtable. Again, great volunteers. We have about 20-plus destinations that meet frequently. We brought on an incredible leader out of Visit Indianapolis, Emily Scheider, to uh, sort of shepherd all this work. And we've got a very active Convention Sales and Services Committee. So, And this was a very uh, strong initiative that the board wanted to see in place in the last 18 months, and we we're executing well on that, I believe. But it's a market's a continuum. We're never going to get there because the complexities uh, surrounding booking a meeting. Has there been a change in mice during recovery? Has there actually been a reset? Yes. The first reset had been, I believe, that for whatever reason, a lot of companies, association believe that, wow, we're always going to just be able to meet remotely. And I think everybody quickly understood after you started wetting the appetite again of hybrid meetings, both virtual and a in-person experience, I think everybody understood that you can't create chemistry. You can't have the time over coffee or cocktails or dinners where you're in a meeting to really carry on conversations. We've been big, big proponents that nothing can replace the value of a face-to-face meeting and getting people together, not only during business time, but the social time. And clearly, there continues to be challenges. We're going to continue to address those. And with the input of our members and collaboration with all the industry partners, you can name them all, PCMA, ASE, MPI, you name all of them, Mark, IAEE. We're all working together like we've never done before. And that really is one of the silver linings, I would believe, that did come out of the pandemic. You're touching on this a little bit. It's really the open exchange of best practices in the travel industry that helps everybody. How does DI foster knowledge sharing and exchange? It is. And one of the big issues is trying to get from destination to destination some form of a standard booking agreement for a planner to consider when coming to that destination. And I'm really proud of the work that the Large Market Roundtable did for over two years to try to come up with a standard contract. We have that in place now. And now we have our own planner and influencer board, which is made up of association, corporate, and third-party planners that we've had now in place for four years that Brad Weber manages and oversees for us along with Emily. We get a lot of firsthand information directly as to what the planners want. But I will tell you, the complexities and demands on a planner have just taken on such a different role, both pre- and post-pandemic. A lot are doing the job with considerably less resources. Their meetings are ramping back up quickly for uh, this year, as well as 23 and 24. So the role of a destination organization has never been more critical to help initially find you know, space dates and rates. And I would believe the coordination and collaboration that's taken place, again, directly with the planning organizations and DI members has never been greater. You attend a lot of conferences every year, I'm guessing over a dozen. In general, Don, how do you think travel get-together should be improved? What are we missing? You know, Mark, I do. And uh, one of the things I've seen really over the last few years has been the shifting from traditional exhibits, trade shows, where you go and you check in and you walk the trade show floor. They become much more interactive now. They become much more creative with pods that you could say that are on the floor to where there are special events taking place. You know, one of the great things happen now is you can have multiple locations on the floor and everybody's wearing their headphones and their headsets. So you can allow for uh, these great conversations that are appealing to the audience and various topics all taking place at the same time. So one of the things that's happened within us is, you know, one of our major events that we do in conjunction with PCMA is Destination Showcase. And that is a major event that takes place in Washington, D.C. every year where it brings together destinations from the planner community in Maryland, D.C., Virginia, and the East Coast. And uh, we realized that uh, with input from our partners, as well as the planners themselves, that they wanted to see a different experience. So PCMA and DI engaged our friends 
transit merits to go through a whole different charrette of what the experience could be. And I believe you're going to see part of that rolled out in this coming year. But it really is a very unique and new way to look at trade shows that have to be compelling and convincing for both the attendees uh, being the planners as well as the destinations and other exhibitors. So it's a win-win for all. I understand the DI also has a foundation. Could you explain that a bit? Mark, we do. As I mentioned earlier, we have a very active association board of directors headed up by Al Hutchinson. And on the foundation side, they are equally as active. They are a board of trustees. And this year, our chair is Vale Brown with STAR. And Vale and the trustees work with us to determine research and initiatives that are very important to our members. And as an example, the U.S. Conference of Mayors. We are a member and very active with the U.S. Conference of Mayors, realizing that they are the link to their communities and certainly have a direct impact on what takes place in tourism and meetings and events. The other major initiative that the foundation supports is our work in the area of equity, diversity, and inclusion. We're in our fifth year of this activity and has research. It has an assessment tool. So those type of non-reoccurring expenses from the association, that goes in front of the board of trustees as a request from staff. It's evaluated and then it is supported. We go back to the drawing board. So this leads me to the last question for today, Don. Talk to me about your advocacy summit, which is happening October 26th through the 28th in Bloomington, Minnesota. When a group of us left Chicago to be part of the restructuring of Destinations International, one of the great industry leaders that joined uh, us in Washington, D.C. was Jack Johnson. And Jack built his experience and reputation in Chicago. And Jack was successful maneuvering at the state and city level for many years and understands the way elected leaders think about our industry and our destination. And clearly that has taken off since he's been at DI. So the first thing we did was started talking about the way destinations speak about what they do. And that adopted an entire lexicon of words that got away from ROI and taxes and things like that. They're the assumed. And it had to be the benefit that a community and a local leader in their community understood. So why it is important to a mayor in any city, but more importantly, why is it important to people who live and work in those communities to value tourism And again, one of the silver linings we've seen was there's a lot greater understanding at the city, state, and federal level as to what destination organizations do post-pandemic. Jack continues to bring together great thought leadership. We have one of the most active committees with our advocacy group. They're always coming up with new ideas to face the many ongoing challenges that are faced. So we're really jazzed about that. It's usually one of our sold-out summits. And I know that Jack and the advocacy committee are putting together a great program. And we'll be talking about that shortly in this meeting I'm heading into. Don, it was a real pleasure having you today. Mark, thanks for having me. And we appreciate everything that Brand USA does. We know the importance that the international traveler has. And we're just glad to see those international and global markets reopening for the U.S. Amen. Thank you, Don. My pleasure. Thank you. Quick word to our listeners. If you work at a destination that believes in storytelling, we encourage you to join us in our work in promoting our country on Go USA TV. We're constantly seeking new travel TV shows. So if you've created a show that you think belongs on Go USA TV, please get in touch with us. I'm Mark Lapidus. Thanks for listening. Your feedback is welcome. Email us at podcast at thebrandusa.com or call 202-793-6256. Brand USA Talks Travel is produced by Asher Mirovich, who also composes music and sound. Engineering by Brian Watkins. Please share this podcast with your friends in the travel industry. You may also enjoy many of our archived episodes, which you can find on your favorite podcast platform. Safe travels.